This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argyle Life podcast. This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify and Stitcher, so please follow and subscribe on those platforms to keep up to date with latest episodes. And with us this week to discuss the latest on all things Argyle, we have Adam Price. Oh, hello. Tom Sleeman. Hello. And myself with a terrible cough. But that will be all let us out. Um... Oh dear, how, aside from my quite vocal and painful death, how are the two of you? How are the two of you? I'm always worried of saying I'm good in this podcast. It's not served me well for future in the past, but I think <laughs> at the moment we're good. So I'll just hope that your cough isn't able to be transmitted through the internet and we'll be we'll all be fine. Tom? Yeah, not too bad. I can't have any complaints really. Well, you're just literally telling us about how you couldn't come to the game because your knee was swollen. Well, it's no you longer swollen, so, so I can't complain anymore. Yeah, yeah, never the optimist. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> um, Adam and I were both at the game. Tom's obviously watched the highlights. Oh, that, I mean, as a spectacle, that was just fantastic to watch. <clears throat> Do you not think? It was, I mean, everything. Really. They, first and foremost, we were playing the worst team that I've seen at Home Park since since League Two days, but that doesn't matter in, the, in this case because we just got that enjoyable afternoon. I think we've all been craving since the, well, last season. Last season, shall we say last yeah, season? I, mean, I think last season. I mean, they were it's... bad, but we absolutely creamed them. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, my five was arguably generous. It really was. One was I... definitely generous for them. They could have had more I than one, I think I too. said it at the time when I was walking out on the ground. It was like, if we scored nine or ten, if we reached double figures in that game... That was a justifiable scoreline. It was. It was really. It was. It was odd. Quite frankly, it was really odd how that happened. And my microphone just failed. Don't mind me. I'll start that bit again. But yeah, it was. It was odd. It was a very bizarre ninety minutes where Plymouth Argyle, who, as we know, have not had this or not the best of seasons, not the season they could have done, saw an opposition turn up and could justifiably have put double figures past them. I. Really don't think it can be said fairer than that, just how dominant a day it was. I mean, Rochdale's midfield was just 
woeful. It honestly, it was like it was like playing against a trio of David Foxes. They could all pass quite comfortably. They were all perfectly comfortable on the ball, you know. They they were comfortable in possession, but they were feeble defensively. It was so yeah, easy I, to pull them out. Once we had it, it was very much a case of. There we go. Oh dear, their midfield's in a line again. We'll just carefully dispose of them and move on to the defence, who are likely to Honestly, trip was, over and volley it away with a hand. It was about two passes and carved through the midfield. I mean, it was mad how many... Argo are raining shots down. I lost count of how many shots we had. I'll have to go back and actually count them up. I mean... Oh, look if you've at, lost so, count, I mean, what hope do any of us have? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right, to, let me put it this way. So... So Carey averages about three dribbles a game, Lemiris averages about 3.7 dribbles per game, and Sarsovic averages about two. So, but between them, they're all way above their average. Lemiris had six dribbles, that's nearly double. Sarsovic, oh no, he had five, sorry. Sarsovic had four, nearly double. Carey had five, well over. And then you look at um, what high-risk passes per game. Sarsovic averages about, um, uh, I think it was 1.2. He completed four. Uh, how many is Carey? Carey is... Da, da, da. Carey's 2.6. Carey completed 4. And then uh, Lemiris... How many is Lemiris? Lemiris uh, 2.59. He completed 3. I mean, So even though there were the spaces, the three, those three just kept breaking through the midfield. They were either dribbling or passing straight through. They're full of confidence. They were right at them. They had the right attitude. And they just kept trying to, you know, trying to get past them. And they did. They sauntered past them on... Time and time again, multiple occasions. I mean, as we were saying, it was almost unfair how easy it was just for us to bypass that midfield, get our best players dribbling on it. I think, I mean, save the date, but quick shout out for Ladapo, who was very clever in what he did. I think it was in Tom's match preview that said they're very weak at the fullback area. You can play balls in behind there. They often get caught out. And he managed to pick the ball up out wide on numerous occasions, run the ball back in. And, you know, I, I don't usually praise Ladapo in these circumstances, and he did have an easy time of it. But, you know, it's just something else to throw in there as we basically celebrate everything that we achieved. I don't think Ladapo had an easy time of it. I, 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 first okay. off, okay. I think... Uh, I, so, initially, I gave Lemiris man the match. I went back and gave Ladapo man the match. Because, um, I mean, when you look at it, the, the one major negative to come out of this was finishing, particularly Sarsvich and Carey, who had chance after chance after chance and just couldn't yeah. either couldn't hit the target or get it away from the keeper. They must be hitting themselves not to be on the score sheet. It's only a free-for-all at the end. If Smith Brown I mean, when it. you look at it, Edwards scored, defender, Threlkeld scored, right-back yeah. playing in defensive mid, Smith Brown scored, right-back. Three of our goals came from defence. The the exception being Ladapo. Ladapo was the one whose finishing was on point. That first half goal was a fantastic yeah. turn and yeah. finish. That, that 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 was brilliant. It reminded I, that, me of a lot of me. Ryan Taylor when he do you remember the, the um what was it Walsall last season when he had his back to go and hit it like that? It was that good a goal and I think yeah, I can I'd only sing it's crazy. Really. No go on. I mean for, for me for me I think that's the best goal he's scored this season. Because I I know he's scored more attractive ones, but the sh- how sharp he was to turn pivot on the ball and smash into the top corner from a snapshot especially when Arkel had been knocking at the door for a while it looked like nothing was going to you know we were going to waste these chances absolutely hammered it in yeah and then and then for the red card it was comical <laughs> was it, you've seen the red card right Tom yeah uh, it it did look it, it did look debatable sort of on your first watch of it but then you sort of see it a second time round and 
I I uh, would debate whether it was a clear goal scoring opportunity. Regardless. We've had this debate in the chat group that people have, have already marked out there which side they're on. I'm for straight red card, but go on, you put your case forward first, Adam. Well, I I am in the I would have given it a yellow camp because I know a lot of people have looked at it and gone as if it's a standard foul, you give it a yellow, and for some reason, because it's a handball, people have gone for, oh, it must be a red card. But I don't think it makes much difference. I mean, I've seen in the rules that where a player denies the opposing team a goal or an obvious goal-scoring opportunity by a deliberate handball offence, the player is sent off wherever the offence occurs. That's all You've well quoted that from what I said to the chat group. Uh, to be fair, I've literally got the FA website open in fair front enough. of me. So I mean, I a little, little, uh, whatever I did. I think I've had it open since four. I was looking forward to this discussion. But anyway, um, <laughs> the, um, the point there is I want to pick out what says obvious goal scoring opportunity. Because if we don't think it's a red card, if it's a standard foul, we can't say it's a red card if it's a handball. Because the whole point of the denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity rule is that it doesn't matter how you do it. it doesn't matter if it's a handball doesn't matter if it's a rugby tackle doesn't matter if it's a foul when you're going for the ball at that area of the pitch it's only a red card if you are denying the obvious goal scoring opportunity and that's how i read the, the rules anyway. that's He's my interpretation man, of it i mean well, also i'd give the straight red card for sheer stupidity because oh, I, yeah, I, 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 I spent that. a fair bit of the game just saying, uh, uh, the people I sat next to, I just kept saying, he's dreadful. Wait for him to make a mistake. I I kept calling him the Rochdale Scott Wooten. And that's that's harsh on Scott Wooten. <laughs> but together, those two, from centre-back, are really the main reason MK Dons went down last season. They were dreadful. How they both ended up in League One this season, only God yeah. knows. Um, and Ethan Evans Landell, Landell, did, Landell, I can't remember his surname, did not fail to disappoint. Poor against Ladapo all day, barely won a header. He almost scored a known goal in the first half, just generally not comfortable in possession, and then absolute shocker to A, miss the ball, and then B, decide to scoop it away. Oh, don't get me um, wrong, it was stupidity to the highest level, and if you're making the ref make that sort of decision, you deserve all you get. I just but, can't I mean, see you, from where you I'm said, looking at. No, no, but, but you said he has to, I, I saw in your tweet early, uh, earlier, you said he has to get it out of his feet. The, and and the, the reason it's not a clear and obvious is because Ladapa has to get out of his feet. Wrong. The ball's moving forward. That's why he scoops it. It's easy for Ladapa to get out of his feet. Is He's it... positioned to just zoom away. Yeah. So what you're saying is, if Lada... he, what he have if to he do doesn't then... handle it, Ladapa zooms away and gets a shot in. And he's one-on-one. Realistically, he's on... zoomed away. What we'd have to do is immediately touch the ball forward and presumably be into the area. Does that allow the keeper to... Do you know who the other centre-back was? There? It was Doherty, wasn't it? Or what's his name? Delaney. It was Delaney. I thought it was Delaney. I get off the top of my head. Yeah. They're all quite similar. Anyhow, he's not fast. As we saw with uh, Ladapo zooming through to... Oh, no, I suppose that was a slip. But no, Ladapo's away yeah. for me. I mean, first off, it's it's deliberate... I mean, to be honest, I want to pair the two together. Deliberate handball versus, versus denying a clear goal-scoring opportunity. Red card for me all day long. The ref got it right. And the ref also, I tell you what, got right the Leatheran call. Because when Edwards, I mean Edwards had two howlers, yeah, that, that short head back moment. to Leatherin. From from further away, it looked like Leatherin just swept his leg away. But no, Leatherin barely makes contact. It's a, quite a bad dive, really. I'm, oh, it's certainly a worse I'm dive in inverted commas than the one he gave a yellow to Tarsovic for. Tarsovic wasn't a dive. There's contact. Yeah. There's clear contact yeah. on his leg and ankle. I thought it was Def- at the time. Having looked back, I said I think I put in my analysis draft that it's not. 
a definitive angle, but it's certainly less less of a dive absolutely than I thought it was at the time. So I mean, yeah. it, well, no, no, it's not a dive. It, it's it's just not a dive. I mean, you can make the case that he goes down easily, but that I mean, the the guy blocks his leg. He trips him. Yeah, Anywhere else I, on the pitch, you're giving a free kick, no doubt. It's not simulation. That's the thing. No. The way I say it, it's not simulation. It's whether, as you say, he goes down easily or not. I guess that depends on your definition of a dive, which we've gone for days about quoting a dictionary or something. But, you know, it's, as you say, it's not the clear yellow card I thought it was at the time, that's for sure. I can't believe anyone did think it was a clear yellow card. Yeah, so to be madness. fair. I mean, you know, um, it was, it, it seemed like he went down easily. I, I just got the feeling that, I don't know. It was an immediate reaction. I was watching it with my heart, not my head. I mean, what can I say? You wanted Sarsovich to get booked. What kind uh, of a uh, fan are you? Oh, yeah, I'm awful. Yeah, kick me off all of these things. I thought he dived. But, you know, maybe I'm there to see the good in people later on. When I watch it back with my head, I'll go, oh, yeah, Sarsovich is actually a really good guy. I think he'd prefer that from me. I, I, I don't understand the logic of that, but, but never, never mind. I don't think never I mind. did till about five seconds ago, so I wouldn't worry. Just refreshing to watch that little bit of swagger after we scored the second goal. I think it was a couple of weeks ago I was saying that Lemiris needs to get that, get almost get a few more assists into his game. So I think prior to the game he had one assist in the league all season, and then he's coming out, come out of that game with an extra three, isn't he? Uh, I have Lemiris down as, yeah, one all season, and that one was the square pass for Joel Grant against Luton at the same time oh, well. th- these are kind of the same assists though aren't they? Here's a cutback for I mean these are good finishes by Threlkeld outside the box and Smith Brown the corner of the box um, I mean they're not really assists are they? Well, he's, still, he's still getting into positions to lay off these passes isn't he at the end of the day? He is I mean, that's true and like I said earlier dribbling he was taking on everyone um, key passes wasn't afraid to put it through I mean, yeah, you're right. It was it was refreshing. I mean, he's 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 also going to find that a bit more difficult against a side like Sunderland on Saturday, for example. But registering that many assists in the game, that's obviously going to give him more and more confidence going into a game of that magnitude. So remind me, who's the other assist? Carey blocked for Edwards's goal. Ladapo's was the defensive slip. He missed it. Was it Ladapo's first goal? Yeah, Ladapo's first goal. Thrall Kells and then Smith Brown. Okay, I, I just, I yeah, I just uh, see Ladapo pivoting and smashing in the top corner. I forget who passed it into him. So I mean, at the same time, they're still not really. It's, but let me put it this way: I wouldn't class them as a chance created. So like, not all assists are chances created by a teammate. You like, you know, you could lay a ball off to someone to strike it from thirty yards. You'd get the assist for the pass but you wouldn't say that, oh, yeah, he created that chance. That's still my problem for Lemiris, but he is, as you say, getting in really good. He got in really good positions. He was lethal against Rochdale. He just he kept pushing on forward. I mean, the, the what was it, the Threlkeld goal? Carey's incisive pass? Oh, it was a brilliant pass. Fantastic pass. Reverse ball. Cuts out three people. Yeah, similarly, you need the run from Lemiris. If no one's running there, then can't make the pass it's just things we haven't seen all season but i think exactly. that's it isn't it it's the fact that it was everything coming together in that 20 minute period at the end when the, the opposition it was basically a training game at that point and we saw all the good stuff that we've wanted to see all year it was as we've already discussed a fantastic thing and 
yeah, maybe we'll see it again one day this season. Who knows? I mean, the downside really is that A, they had 10 men, and B, those 10 men weren't particularly good. I mean, I don't know about you, but based on that performance, based on the midfield performance in particular, I can't look much further. The relegation fight's very open at the moment, but if Rochdale play even close to that poorly for the rest of the season, they're, they're going to go down. I'd certainly have them as primary candidates based on that. It reminded me a lot of, and not just because of the scoreline, but if you look at our Peterborough game right at the start of the season with the other 5-1 that went the other way, and then the way that the defence was very easily exposed, and then when that defence was exposed, they made a catalogue of errors. And yeah, if that sort of form continues, I, I can't see where that point's going to come from. They're on 34 now, they still need to get 16 points. I, I, at yeah. least I can't see it at this rate. They've also, con- they've, all, they've also conceded the most goals in division as well, haven't they? Yeah, you flagged them oh, yeah, up before. They're on yeah. 70, 72 oh, wow. now they're on. Oh, game. That's nearly two per game. And they only conceded 57 goals last season. Jesus, how many times is it three goals or more in a game? That's nine times in the <laughs> league for them now and ten in all competitions. Jesus. I mean, you, you flagged it. In the, I mean, that's an advert for reading Tom's preview. There you go. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have to call it. Um, <laughs> dreadful defence. And, yeah, brutally punished. I mean, let's say kudos to, uh, kudos to Adams, because right from the first... Right from the first whistle, our goal were at them. Oh, absolutely. You could see that absolutely. the key was to get get in, get an early goal. Like I say, the only real negative coming out of this were A, two huge errors by Edwards, which he got away with. Yeah. And then the poor finishing. Yeah, and I think... And for Saturday. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. That I is think a, when you're... At least Ness and Conor Grant are playing as we speak. Yeah, they're playing oh, yeah, in the under-23s. Hmm. So it's good to Does see anybody them know on, how they're the doing pitch. as we speak? Uh, 4-1. 1-1 one. at half-time. Oh, Christ. 4-1. Oh, wow. Okay. Gee, oh, yeah. Impressive. It was... Bliffin' heck. Huh. Well, I mean, that's... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just reading back what happened. Sorry, <laughs> go on, go on. Right, yeah, I was going to come to the point that it, I think if one of your negatives from... Or one of the game's negatives from what we did at the weekend is, oh, we should really have won by more than 5-1. I mean, we're in a great place. I do agree, you know, the Edwards issues were concerned. I think there was a time where he switched off a little bit in the first half. There was a ball that came through and he was appealing for offside and he kind of seemed to stop for a minute and that concerned me. Then, of course, there's the two big errors that he made in the second half, either side of his goal. So... Yeah, that's a minor concern, but I mean, as I say, when these are your major concerns from a game, there's not a lot to be unhappy about. And yeah, as you said, Nick, I mean, fair play to Adams. He knew going out that we could take the game to them. He found methods of doing that, I think, particularly through Ladapo, and it was Ladapo's goal that, you know, started started and opened the floodgates, really. And I, you know, I'm very quick on these podcasts, as some will well know, to criticise Adams criticised particularly in the Dapper this season. It's only fair that I give them their moment in the light because they were. I think you're being a bit too kind to the Dapper. I mean, he wasn't his finishing for me was I love the finishing, love the runs. Of course, it was his running behind that induced the red card, um, and his predatory when he got in around. I didn't think he was that into. I thought the build up from the back was the key. I mean, like I said, the those three behind him, Lamira Sarsic, Carey, taking on those opponents and dribbling past them. You know, playing those key passes oh, like yeah, Kerry's yeah. beautiful reverse pass into Lemiris for the goal. I, all I'm wrong. saying like, is, you know, not it's not that. I mean, I'm not like me praising Ladapa was like overlooking the other players. They were obviously pretty incredible in that second half as well. But you know, it's just it's just me trying to 
give Ladapo his dues considering the way I've spoken about him all year. It does bug me in some ways because some people really struggle to find a nuance. It's like, I was seen as anti-Ladapo when I was speaking out against him earlier in the season, but like, my, I, I won't pile on when he's playing yeah. really but I'll, I'll pile on exactly when he should that, be dropped, yeah. which is really annoying me. But anyone who thinks that he's he's a, he's a very good finisher, and the, the, one of the main reasons, as I said nearly a month back now, probably over a month back, one of the main reasons he hasn't been scoring recently is very much down to the system, not his own inadequacies. There's very much yeah, chance creation well, in that element, isn't it? Yeah. We we were creating chances for him, and he scored those chances. Once Ness left that midfield through injury, we brought Songu in. We had less control of the ball. We've created far fewer chances. That's. I, I mean, you look at the goals he scored today. Uh, yeah, today uh, on the weekend, sharp turn and shot from nothing from a set piece, wasn't it? And then a defensive yeah. slip. We're still not really creating chances for him. It was nice to see him score though. But I mean, like my my nuance is this: Taylor's a better hold-up player. Taylor brings. Carrying the mirrors into it more. Taylor's part of our best team. Would I start Taylor? Absolutely. No doubt. But Ladapo provides an incredibly useful alternative, especially for playing a side like Rochdale, because his movement in the box is more likely to get us goal than Taylor's will. Taylor will have better build up, but Ladapo is more likely to you know, produce that moment of inspiration and get a goal. We can see that with his goals total this season. And I just love to see Adams actually utilise them both rather than picking and choosing favourites and sticking with them. I think it's very really much, you know, season. If we look towards last season, there was the start of the season, I think there was no Taylor, no Dio Chifty, the less said about him, the better. Our options up front were, in effect, Jake Jarvis and Nathan Blissett. And there's one positive we can have. Alex Fletcher, yeah, I mean, he... How many, sorry, how many not to sidetrack you. Don't, don't, don't go on to Fletcher, just... No, sorry, continue I'll, I'll pretend Fletcher never existed. I'm sorry, Alex Fletcher, if you're listening. I'm sure you are. But um, He scored yeah. tonight. I'm not sure he cares. Oh, OK. Well, good for him. Yeah, he doesn't need to listen to me anymore. Um, yeah, anyway, no, really, why was I? It was a case of me just saying, you know, how much better we do look in the striker's department with Taylor and Ladapo available is, I mean, it's night and day compared to the start of last season. And yeah, like you say, I mean, I'm very much obviously still going to be an advocate for Taylor being in our best team, but having Ladapo available as an option to bring on when, say, last season we'd have been like, oh, maybe we should bring on Alex Fletcher and play him as a target man. No. So, you know, yeah, it, it was kind of a long-winded <laughs> agreement where you where I've gone the other way and got sidetracked by Alex Fletcher and here we are at the end. So, yeah. OK, let's, let's say that's the last word and it's quiz time. And it is Tom Sleeman who's up, even though he only oh, went a couple of weeks back. Ah. Do your next, Adam. Uh, I didn't hear that. Oh no. Right. Cue the music. <coughs> Brief cough. Um, okay. How many home matches have Argyle won against Oxford this decade? Four. Incorrect. One. One home match all decade. Uh, how many times have Argyle played against Oxford this decade? Eight times. Incorrect. Sixteen. How many clean sheets in those games? In those sixteen, how many clean sheets? Three. Yes, I was hoping you. So I could hear you saying it. True. <laughs> um, since relegation to League Two, who is the only player to score against Oxford in two consecutive seasons? Baron Carey. 
incorrect, Robbie Williams. Uh, bonus point question. When Argyle drew 2-2 with Oxford in 2015-16, which players scored headed goals? Kmar Roof and... No, Craig no, Nelson. for Argyle. Oh, for Argyle, Nelson. Um, Nelson and Tanner. Correct, correct. How many games have seen an attendance of 10,000 or more? So, 12. Yeah. Incorrect, 5. To the nearest 5, what percentage of matches have Argyle lost against Oxford? Um, Overall, all time. Half? Incorrect, 45%. Close. Very close. Um, yeah, we don't have a good record against Oxford. Um, in 2012, when Argyle lost a penalty shootout to Oxford, who missed the decisive kick? Um, Blanchard. Co- correct. How how did you know that? I, I'm genuinely impressed with that. Even I didn't know that's that. a great guess. <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh, um, I surprised when, myself with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably shocked. Um, when Argyle beat Oxford 3-2 on Boxing Day 2013, which player made their debut age 17? Tyler Harvey? Incorrect, Ben Purrington. <laughs> Alright, finally, which player was sent off in his fourth and final appearance against Oxford in the 2014-15 season? Mark Mosley? I... No, it's, it's Aaron Bentley. I'm surp- Bentley. Yeah, no way wrong season, two years out. I should remember I- that honestly, now, I, I, thought- I, was on- I was right on the halfway line. <laughs> yeah, oh, such a stupid thing to do. Going nowhere, absolutely clobbered him. <laughs> Oh dear! I was fr- you get Blanchard, the difficult one. I miss Perrington and Bentley, the sitters. Yeah. R- Robbie Williams, admittedly, the difficult one. We've had too many players over that over that period of time. I've had a lot of players, but still, that's four points. That brings you probably top actually, because I think you've had you've had four goes now, and I think the rest have had three. So I think I think you might be top. I'll take that. Congratulations. How did you do, Adam? Especially after Christmas. Yeah, I yeah. I would have got the yeah. Oh God, yeah. Please remind me every time. Thank you. Yeah, um, <laughs> I would have got the um, the sitters as you mentioned, the Bentley, the Harvey. I remembered Nelson and Tanner scoring headers. That that was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I I I, I didn't mean that. I would have just um mixed my words. But yeah, and the rest of them would have been guesses. So I'd have hoped to have got a bit lucky, like with the Blanchard one. I would not have had a clue. So yeah, I'd probably level out at about four. Okay, so, oh yeah, it's a good score. It's not especially easy. A lot of them guesses. Right, um, cool, before we go... Bloody cough. Edit that out. Um, <laughs> before we go, predictions. Sunderland next week. I think we all know it's going to be a difficult fixture. Tom, your thoughts? Uh, I think with Sunderland's patchy home form, there's there's a slight chance there. I think they've drawn four of the last six at home now. Um, obviously, both teams in cracking form going into the fixture... I think that Sunderland might just about edge it, though, so I'm going to go 2-1 Sunderland. Adam? Yeah, I did look at their home form coming into it. I know they, as Tom said, do draw a lot of games. And I'm... Do you know what? I will, I was going to go for the Sunderland win, but to be a bit contrary to what's going on, I will go for a 1-1. Things seem to be aligning for us in the second half this year. We played Peterborough right as they changed their manager in a crap run of form. We played Portsmouth in a poor run of form. We're now about to play Sunderland in a poor run of form. The new, dif- new difficult one's going to be Luton, who are in amazing form. I mean, honestly, we've got. If we'd played this lot literally, what a month or so back, a month or so before we did, we going into going into it talking about how they'd won like five of the last five and so forth. 
So it's, it's worked out quite nicely for us in a way. There, there, it's, it happens this way sometimes, where you just play an opposition at the right side at the right time. I think I'm going to go for a one-one draw. I can see Adams throwing everyone behind the ball, frustrating them, and then looking to hit them on the counter. I'm not sure how effective that will be, but how things going for us at the moment? Why not go for a one-one draw? But perfect. Um, perfect. That that is our show. Thank you all so much for listening. My deepest apologies to all of you for my cough, but in particular Tom, who's going to have to spend a considerable amount of time editing it all out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we really hope you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to subscribe to the channel on Spotify, iTunes and Stitcher to keep up to date with the latest episodes of Green and White and get in touch if you have any suggestions for us. But otherwise, thank you all very much for listening and from all of us, good night. Good night. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.